ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Welcome. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Oh, what a show. What a week in wrestling, huh? From payback, raw, big, big set of NXT TV tapings since we last spoke. I mean, so much going on. We were able to cover a little bit of it on the YouTube show that gets done, the State of Wrestling bonus show that I post every Thursday on YouTube. But this, my friends, this is the whole enchilada. We'll get into a lot of what we need to get into over on the State of Wrestling when it's time for that. But first... We start with an interview, and we go outside of WWE territory for the first time in a couple of weeks uh, and go back to the indies with uh, a superstar in Ring of Honor who has been, as of late, uh, ascending up the card very, very quickly. He made a name for himself in Chikara. He's been around the indies for a while, uh, uh, started in upstate New York, and his name is Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle, in a world like Ring of Honor, where characters do not, uh, 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 characters are not the norm, right? The the majority of the performers in Ring of Honor are not these over-the-top kind of old-school wrestling characters. Dalton Castle survives and flourishes as a guy who is athletic and can wrestle, but exists as this way-over-the-top character who enjoys the company of... His boys. Yes, Dalton Castle, from the first time he made his Ring of Honor debut, he commanded attention, and I was super happy to get the chance to talk to him here on the wrestling podcast. So why waste time spending hours introducing him when we could get straight to the interview? It is the man himself, Dalton Castle. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. You know, I think it was, you smell it? How is it? It's good. Good. It was December, uh, I think, last December, when I got a tweet from Dalton Castle, and he told me Ring of Honor was coming to New York, and he would have an extra mask for yours truly. Yes. Still do. Offer's still on the table. And finally, all these months later... I get to get you on the podcast. Dalton Castle. Sam Roberts, what's the haps? <laughs> you beat me to it. What's the haps? What's the haps? I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy thank, to have thanks you. Thanks for having me on as your, uh, your, your full-time co-host here, the Sam Roberts, the Peacock Primetime Show, yeah. bringing you all the soft rock hits I, on a hard day's drive home. I think you're confused about what we're doing here. Well, I uh, was promised a lucrative contract. Right. Uh, um, you said, come on up, SiriusXM needs uh, the Peacock. You're just a free guest on the wrestling podcast it, it's not even that, yeah it's just for like the internet it, which is i mean i just come yeah yeah no we're just gonna talk about like you and wrestling and then that'll actually be the end of and it and we'll do this every day right. from no, just, nine to midnight we're just here gonna do the xm we're gonna do the one interview no. and then i'm gonna do my show uh by myself you're gonna leave this and then i'm just gonna yeah do my serious show on my own and then this will put on the podcast, and then you you're know. sure about this is you. This is just a goof. No, nope. you, you're goofing on me. Mm-mm. And you then bring like, me all the way here. And I'll then... see you again and be like, hey, you know, it's good to see you. Like we'll, well be cool. It, no, friend. it will be. It'll be awkward. <laughs> it will be because this is very disappointing. You for were me. brought here under false pretenses or something. Yeah, 
I wow. uh, I came with a big smile. Yeah. I put on my best tight pants. Yeah. I uh, I skipped all the way here. I I called Ring of Honor and I quit my job. <laughs> I said wait. I quit. I got a job with Primetime Sam Roberts. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm no. moving on up. I have no idea. Behind the microphones where I belong, no more dancing in underpants for me. Right, right. No, I don't know why you thought that was the case because it's not. But because you swooped in like an angel from heaven right. with this news. Right. No, I think these are all things that played out in your head that didn't happen. You came with all the things that I wanted to hear. Right. And now you're, you're just, you just tore my heart just right out of my chest. Them. Crushed. Just crushed. But – We'll call Ring of Honor and try to get your wrestling career back because that's kind of what I'm I said curious some about. pretty he regretful did. things. He did. Uh, I, uh, oh, boy. Did I say some mean things about Peruvian people? Oh, uh, why? Yeah. why? Well, I don't know. I, yeah, no, it's no, no, just no. I was in the – I was like, there's no touching me now, Sirius XM. You know, I could Sin- say all the swear words. Sinclair re- records those phone calls. You're, you're done. That was not smart. Well, I didn't – yeah, okay. But you know, yeah, I get that now. Right. Hindsight's – whatever. 2020. 2020. But Dalton Castle – you how first of all, how did how was Dalton Castle created? I need to know because I I know that you you spent some time as an amateur wrestler, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You grew up watching pro wrestling. I grew up watching pro wrestling, and uh, I grew up like best friends. My best friends uh, between like fifteen. Let's just start there mm-hmm. is where they all started training as a pro wrestler, and I oh, was. Oh, so this thing actually. I mean, for most teenagers who watch wrestling. The idea of training doesn't even occur to them until even later. Like you just watch wrestling having no idea how does one become this. Yeah. I like I don't have a clue. Right. Like it was never the, the the goal from the beginning. Like obviously I loved wrestling. Who didn't like wear a uh, a, gro- a grocery bag, like a tank top, just like so a tear it off running right. through my living room. We'd, right. we'd push the couches together, me and my brothers, and we'd wrestle there. But like, when And we're we- about the same age, so I would imagine that at least in high school you considered cutting not just the sleeves but the entire sides off your shirt so you, <laughs> yeah. so you could wear it like the NWO ponchos or whatever. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yo. And then, <laughs> <laughs> no, so like uh, I, I was – I started wrestling amateur like in seventh grade. And as we started getting older, like we always backyard wrestled, me and my friends. Mm-hmm. And then like my like best friend at the time, he started – his his goal was always to be a pro wrestler. Right. And I was like, well, I'm doing this real stuff here. Right. But, when you were amateur wrestling, it wasn't to get you closer to pro wrestling. No, it was just like a uh, – It was the sport that you did. Yeah. yeah. My – sister's boyfriend at the time who i thought when i was real young was super cool mm-hmm. and i was like he wrestles i should probably do that right and then like slowly i got better than he ever was and i lost all respect for him <laughs> he's uh, not that cool after all nah screw him right i would love to wrestle him right now yeah he's dead but you know well good you would have killed him anyway i will i dig him up <laughs> and i'll pile drive his bones <laughs> i don't know if he's dead <laughs> Hopefully he is. So go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he is. Yeah. Screw him. What did he ever do to us? Right. So then, so what? You start training when? Uh, I, all right. They they all got really good. And as I, as I'm like progressing in college. Well, if, you, if you saw them training, mm-hmm. why didn't you say, oh, I see a path to pro wrestling? Like, What, what did you think you were going to do for a living? Uh, I was going to be an Olympic champion. 
Oh, you were going to be a, an yeah. amateur wrestler. And like then that they were going to, to, everyone's going to be like, oh my God, there's the champ. And then right. I was going to open up a restaurant. Right. Uh, we was going to call, call it Goldie's after my gold medal. That's so, that's so smart. Yeah. And then I, people would come every night and I'd take a picture with them. That's perfect. So they all started getting good at wrestling. I, I started getting good at uh, amateur wrestling, but I would like weekends off where I wasn't in season, mm-hmm. I would hit the road with them and I would just travel to shows and just like make... There's all these experiences. I loved wrestling, right. but I, the, the ring wasn't for me. So, like, I would I would sit in locker rooms. I would watch shows. I just would... because you like the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing about wrestling. Like, people who love wrestling can just sit there and be a part of the world and just that's all you need sometimes. Yeah, and not know why right. I love it either. Like, why am, like what am I doing right. in stinky South Philadelphia? <laughs> right, with a bunch I, of dudes. Yeah, and I have, I'm poor at the time. Like, I'm a kid. I got no money. Yeah. I, 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 who's going to shower? Not me. Right. That's not happening. No way. But I'm going to sit in this smelly arena and, and love it. Love right. every second of it. And I just over time, just kind of developed these friendships with people on the road and in the locker rooms and started, I don't know, like maybe like by osmosis. I started understanding what was going on, like in the for lack of the the business. Mm-hmm. But I, I just started seeing how people handled themselves. Uh, I wasn't handling myself well. You weren't. No, I was. I was immature. Uh, and again, like I had n- no ambition to so move up you, in that world. So what were you doing there? Were you just going and just making wise ass comments? Going, and... rocking karaoke after the party or after the show. <laughs> yeah, um, and just having yeah. I would do my best. I would set up the rings. I would always help. Uh, okay, so you had some res- you'd respect. Mm-hmm. I would help tear down. Yeah, yeah, of course, respect. But I touch knuckles, spec knucks. Right, but you weren't like being political. You weren't being like, oh, let me just be humble and over here because you guys are doing this because you didn't want to. I wasn't wrestle. going. I need to go shake that guy's hand right. because I want him to book me on his show in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. Didn't matter to you. I was going. That guy seems like a fun dude. I'm going to become best friends with him. Right. Or that guy seems like he sucks. I'm not going to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I would, like, before I knew it, I had been around it for, like, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and never trained. Never trained. Well, I would say when I was 16, maybe. But not, like, seriously. I had one untrained match just to make everybody laugh. Yeah. And there's video of that somewhere. It's not good. No, it's not good. <laughs> no. But I would say, like, as an untrained, know nothing guy, uh-huh. brilliant. I'm brilliant because I don't know how to tie up. Right. If I tie up like with this guy, obviously with my my classical training of amateur wrestling, I'm probably gonna throw him through the wall. Right. You can't turn off the skills I have. I interviewed Hulk Hogan, and I was like, you know, we were doing a photo after, and he goes, "Oh, here's what we gotta do, brother." And he's like, "Grab my elbow." I was like, "Okay." And he goes, "Then grab my neck." Wait, what is all that? All right, well, I'll get to that part right. after. Go ahead. And, like, all of a sudden, we're locked up. And I was like, oh, collar and elbow tie-up. <laughs> and, like, everything clicked. I'm probably 30 years old at that point. And I'm like, yes, collar and elbow. Did you call Vince immediately? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. I get it. I got it. I got it. But uh, but that's, I mean, what that's... Is, what does Hulk Hogan's elbow feel like? It's, uh, it's, it's just... I feel like it's loose. That's strong. It's strong. It's str- he is a solid man. Oh. You'd be surprised. I mean, the skin is leathery, but he's a solid, solid mm, man. And yeah. he's big. He's even bigger than you think he is. I'd be afraid. He's massive. So, when did do you, you s- feel comfortable in his arms? Yeah, I felt I feel protected. Mm-hmm. That's the point. I felt protected. When did you f- start training then? Okay, so uh, college ended. Uh, I 
went to nationals my junior year. Uh, lost... Where'd you go to college? I did three years at Brockport, which okay. uh, is D three, and then my I got kicked off my team, and then my uh, why'd my... you get kicked off for being hilarious? Is that right? Well, it was he made just a clean sweep. My coach was insane yeah like it, he's a wonderful uh reputation amongst like the rest of the wrestling world mm-hmm. they uh they all he coached a few teams to national championships and he's he had a, a huge wall of all americans but when we got there he had gone so senile that the rules that we had like in season out season uh 11 o'clock curfew you could only live with wrestlers even off even when you're not in season excuse me Friday and Saturday, we could be out till 11.30 p.m. Whoa. <laughs> and nobody asked what happens between 11 and 11.30. That's the witching hour. The witching half hour, uh, yeah. as it were. And uh, then uh, with the no girls allowed in the room, if you were if you were to find out – if you were to find out that you had a, a relationship with a lady, mm-hmm. uh, you could get suspended for a couple days off the team. Wow. Uh, if, you, uh, if you break curfew, which he would make us like rat on each other. Like the upperclassmen had to come check on us after 11 o'clock. And then like when I became an upperclassman, I had to do that too. And you have like a list of the rooms you have to go to and then you got to call it in and be like – Hey, Coach, uh, the, yeah, the freshmen were all in their dorm. They were all there, except for uh, Tony. I guess he went to go get pizza. He'll be right back. You were allowed, wow, you were yeah. allowed to go get pizza as long as you called and asked. To get pizza? Yeah, yeah. May I go get some pizza? We're yes, goddamn adults. I know. <laughs> this is how we were treated. Right. And the idea, especially like you're athletes, and yeah. that's even more of like an alpha mentality of being an athlete. Man, and, and then you go home and get treated like this. And it led to all sorts of like, like this weird testosterone, like – explosion because sure. we're, we're these wrestlers and then we're locked in these dorms and we're like alienated from the rest of the, the the school right so we in the middle of the night ufc just starts taking off so we're like <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the common area guys and fight yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah what else are we gonna do there's no girls around we can't stay out late we have to hang out with each other all the time we're fighting so this is probably my first taste of professional wrestling uh-huh. we uh we had a 24-hour tap out title so like, <laughs> you had to, you had the belt you had to defend it at all we had like a a sheet of 10 rules you couldn't uh you couldn't challenge somebody during practice that's fair because coach would find out yeah you'd be pissed uh you couldn't cha- like if you lost the title you couldn't challenge for another 24 hours unless uh the person who beat you loses Right. And uh, if you win, you get a 10-minute grace period. So, like, you tap somebody out. Somebody can't jump on you immediately. You get 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. But, people, like, people were finding RAs to unlock dorms when people were <laughs> sleeping. This you... is, like, this is like the hardcore WWF hardcore title to the next, next, next Yeah, level. so, like, the, the uh, it was real. But like, it's real life. <laughs> people were waking up in rear naked chokes. <laughs> it was so stupid. And we had, like, tournaments coming up, and we would just fight. Uh, we what would... RA is, like? He's like, look, I need to get into his room. Well, what do you need to do? I need to choke him out in his sleep. Okay. All right. Just make it quick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's got the key. He's bored. Right. His tuition's paid for or he whatever. He wants to see it happen. Uh, where am I going with this? Oh, so that's the kind of stupid stuff it would lead to. Right. And then uh, I, I guess I undermined him my, my junior year. Um, he didn't like me because I would – I, I talked out a lot, and I was involved in a lot of things in in the school. Like, like what? I, student government, big nerd. So there, there seems to me, too, like student government also probably had a lot to do with, like, 
speaking in public and performance. Yeah. That's probably the performance part of you mm -hmm. that obviously gets translated severely through pro wrestling. Yeah, and I also did theater in school too. Right. Like I was in the I, I did I minored in theater in college. That's not a that's not a huge surprise to me. <laughs> no? Yeah, no, no, no. I you think I got it? Kinda <laughs> saw that coming. Oh man, if only I could talk in front of people. <laughs> uh, uh, and like I was like president of the TV club, big nerd. What's the TV club? Like where you put television your... production? Oh, like, so like so I was putting on TV shows. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. It was this just horrible. So did you? You didn't even know. You're thinking to yourself because like I like to tell people that you should be looking at what you like to do and what you're naturally drawn to, and you figure out a lot of that in college because it's like you can do whatever you want in terms of clubs and stuff like that. You figure out what you're drawn to, and that's what you need to spend your life doing. So when you're like, okay, I really like sports, and I really like entertainment, it didn't occur to you that maybe sports entertainment <laughs> was where you were meant to be? Well, no. What it, combines amateur wrestling and theater and television? I, well, I'm still currently a wrestler in college at the time, so like I didn't have to think past that. Right. All I'm thinking about is how am I going to try to win a national title or All-American this year? Or, or in case of my junior year or my senior year, how the hell am I going to get on a team and compete this year? Right. So I had to transfer out of my college – the second semester of my senior year. So that's what life is like because I don't know because I'm not an athlete, believe mm -hmm. it or not. And I think a lot of – Get people, out of here. Yeah, you? no, I know. I know. A I know, limber I fella like you? That's right. You don't do a little high jumping? But so that is the athlete mentality where it's just like, no, it's it's you're not really thinking about what am I going to do when I'm 30. You're thinking about what am I doing this season? Like, I think, how do I get on this I think team? college like sidetracks a lot of people too because like you're doing classes and stuff. So like you got your coaches and stuff saying, hey, we need to focus on this season. And right. then you got everybody else like, yeah, the rest of your life, you're paying thousands of dollars to be here. Right. And like it's a conflict. You can shut one of them out, but uh, you, you get torn when you're paying for school. Totally. Uh, but it wasn't until my season ended my senior year that I just got super depressed. Uh and I would just lock myself in my dorm room. And my friend, uh, one of my best friends at the time, uh, he was currently on the the reboot of ECW. I don't know. You ever Colin Delaney? Of course, I've yeah, Colin Delaney. Actually, Colin used to listen to, used to call into a show I did on Sirius with oh, a guy yeah. named Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few years back, he's the best. Yeah. So I've known Colin. Me, we were him in kindergarten together. And of course, Colin was the extreme underdog <laughs> in the ECW reboot. Now he's the extremely cute wrestler. That's right. That's right. Yeah, if we can find other ECW things to call him, <laughs> yeah, the energy cat, wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere wild, cat, comma wild. Mm -hmm. um, so you were you and you and Colin were in school together. All right, so I knew Colin in kindergarten, and then he left, and then when he left, my his tag partner came in second grade, and then we became best friends, Jimmy Olsen. So then Jimmy starts training when he's 15 mm -hmm. at the same school Colin's training to be a wrestler. Right. And then they become a tag team. Uh -huh. And, like, my world just comes full circle. I'm like, oh, I'm the best friends forever. Right. Uh, and then they become really good. Jimmy makes a pretty well-named – good name for himself in the Northeast. Sure. And then Colin is one of the most successful persons out of the area at that time. Right. And I'm watching him on TV. Well, that's what I'm asking you. Yeah, you turn on ECW because yeah. you're still a wrestling fan throughout all this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. a big wrestling fan. And at this point, I'm a Colin fan. Right, <laughs> right. And so, and you turn it on, you're like, wait, 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 wait. Like, he's on TV now. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, we would hang out. Like, I moved back to Rochester, and we would hang out every day that he was home. Right. Because he was not doing anything. Uh, I've got a crap job that allows me to just go out 
and party with him. Right. And how and, old are you at this point? Twenty two. Okay. Twenty one. Twenty two. So, and that's when you're also like you're just trying to figure everything out now because mm-hmm. the stuff that was happening before isn't. Yeah, and they, I guess, have always seen it in me. I, uh, I'm depressed. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I'm right. like, I want to be an athlete, and I want to be an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I have them in both my hands. I'm like, I don't know what to do with any of this. Right. What do we do here? Right. And, uh, they, like, and you're guess, in upstate New York, so it's not like you're in Hollywood. No. So you're yeah. like, what, 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 what does one do? And one drunken evening, like I've always, maybe it's always been the back of my mind. Yeah. But uh, Colin and, and Jimmy, they just sit me down and be like, what are you doing? You need to do this. You need to be a, a wrestler. You like, right. Listen to us. And are you in good shape? Are you working out at that point? Yeah, I just finished my my season my senior year of college. So you're yeah, you're still oh, in wrestling. I'm shape. great. Yeah. Cause like after after college wrestling, I went down a weight class. Right. I'm fitting in lady jeans at this point. I mean, that's got to be exciting for you. Um, don't give me st- <laughs> like if I could put some Jordaches on right now, <laughs> you would see a smile from ear to ear. I'll bet. Is that a lady brand? I, th- I mean, I'm, they probably make men's too, but I don't know how many men in 2016 that wear Jordache. So that, that, there's something feminine to that. Yeah. Um, Lucky you brand. <laughs> so, so now they're saying you got to do this. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm like cruising through this. I don't know. Like, nobody needs. Nobody really wants the whole story, right? Like, well, I mean, uh, yeah. I feel like it? I'm going into too many details. No, 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 no. You know what? I want you to be relaxed here. That pressure's on me. Can I take off my shirt? If, no, no, not that relaxed. Well, but, I, no, no, leave right. your shirt on. That's fine. What, are, what, but, what can I take off? But, no, just leave everything on. Leave everything on. You leave it all on the way it is. But don't worry about it. I'm just going to do some stretches. If I think you're giving me too many details, okay. I'll speed you through them. Oh, all That's right. my job. Oh, wow, you're doing great. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, so, so you start training on their advice. Right, and, and under their tutelage, too. Is it, a, is it a rude awakening when you start training, or do you kind of get it? Well, I find like over the years of traveling, I've I've like I said, I've retained some information. Sure. Uh, I do immediately, though, have like a, a big respect for all these guys who have been doing it. Right. And when I get in there, I'm like, oh, like it comes so natural to them, like like getting in there and calling moves or knowing yes. where to put things. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Out right. Because, you know, you see these guys and I'm sure you're there now where they can see the match before it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's I mean that's I would imagine yeah. that's the art of calling stuff in the ring is that you know where this thing is going. Yeah, and, and being an athlete, like I think I picked up, uh, I got really lucky because I can pick up on the movements quickly. Right. Like it didn't take long for me to learn how to do the the fundamentals. See that? Yeah. Like like you need to have somebody that's actually coordinated mm-hmm. and is, has some kind of control over what their body does. Yeah, I know where my body is at all hours of the night. Right. Me. It's sometimes it's out across the block somewhere. I would Ooh. be terrible about it. Yeah. I don't know where it's going. You shouldn't. You no. Sh- yeah. I can't do this. This is not. You shouldn't be living in New York. This <laughs> your much. body's gonna get. It's bad. Touched. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it has. So Good for you. So um, you end up wrestling independent. You go to Chikara. I've I've always been curious how the Dalton Castle character because Chikara to be. An outlandish character. When you were, did you get in pro wrestling to be an outlandish character? Like, was it just a given? Like, I'm not going to be a guy who 
is just a pro wrestler. Like, I'm going to be over the top. No, I think I tried to go the other route, but, like, the this, what you see now is what I'm more comfortable doing. Okay. <laughs> with, with, with the boys, and you're sitting on them, well, and you're yeah. touching their necks, and you're doing everything. Yeah. Like, That's where you're in your safe that, zone. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, that was, like... That's your happy place. It comes natural. I don't have to think about what I'm doing like that. <laughs> what you, That guy in the ring, I know him well. Like Dalton. Dalton Castle, I know very well. Right. And, and the name, like, what the character now, the, the rendition of Dalton Castle, like, is what I'm more comfortable doing than as opposed to, like, the stern, quiet, tough guy. Right. Which, like, secretly right here inside me, mm-hmm. a real dangerous animal. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Whoa. But I just but, got goosebumps. But I can put on, like, I'm, I love having fun. I like to smile. I, I, I like acting in that way, I right. like being entertaining. Right. So if, I, if I'm if i not, I start to panic, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, doing things, when you're doing Dalton Castle, do you find it difficult to, because I think, at least when the character first started, the idea is really pushing on the homophobic buttons of wrestling no, fans. No, it wasn't the idea. It wasn't? No. So you didn't, you didn't expect that when you're like, these are my boys, and I see some boys out there in the audience. You didn't expect, like, wrestling fans to be like, boo. Oh, I don't know what I expected. You just wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that did you like, this like, the, is something appealing. Did you like the original Goldust growing up? Well, see, I don't think I watched when like Goldust debuted. Oh or I don't, like I went back and watched it. Yes, but I do remember Attitude Era Goldust, but I don't remember. I mean, the debut. Yeah, like ninety five, ninety six Goldust before it was an Attitude Era, and he's coming out and pushing that envelope. Is this we, like it's it, see through skirt thong wearing Goldust? No, no, or? no, no, no. This is even before Marlena Goldust when he's coming out, and you're like a kid. You know, at that time he's I'm twelve, thirteen years old. And I'm watching Goldust, and he's blowing my mind because all of a sudden, <laughs> Did you do that? My, is that is that radio jokes? <laughs> all of a sudden, he's doing these, these like these so over the top, sexually provocative things that just weren't happening in wrestling, especially in WWF before that. And and the closest thing that I've seen to it is the Dalton Castle character because you go out there and you're not like kind of hinting at things. You're Hitting the buttons. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not dancing around stuff. Well, I, I don't want to like – I don't – why dance around? Right. Because like I'm, I, there's no secrets to be held in, in, in Dalton Castle. Right. Uh, I look back like sure the colors I think and the presentation are very similar. But I don't think the characters of Goldust and Dalton Castle are at all the same. Right. Because I'm not out there. I'm not trying to make people feel uncomfortable. Uh-huh. You're I'm just, not – You're just being Dalton. I'm just being me. And if you can't accept – who I am. Right. And get out. Right. I find it. What, what motivated it? Because my favorite part, because we're about the same age, but I am like a connoisseur of like weirdness. Oh, you're 22 as well? Uh, <laughs> you're still 22. I'm I you started training it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> World of my oyster, Sam. Um, but when I look at Dalton Castle. crow's feet. <laughs> it's all right. We, we'll put some TV makeup on. When I look at Dalton Castle, I see like. There's a lot of like seventies. I feel like a like late seventies weirdness to yeah. it. Yeah. What what is glam that? Glam rock. Yeah. Is what you like, see. Like glam rock and, and, and drag stuff and, and, and that whole culture. Oh, I don't think I didn't teeter with the idea of had some big beefy drag queens. 
right. come out with me. And right. that still might happen. Like what's your – like the cool like – uh, the- Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Like that mm-hmm. type of stuff is what I see in the Dalton Castle characters. This stuff that like – were you into glam rock? Or oh, was- yeah. Big time. Like I love Queen. Yeah. Uh, I think like Freddie Mercury is like – an amazing performer. Like, yeah. You can put it on mute. Like, just watching the dude work a stage is right. amazing. Right, Then uh, come along the darkness. and Love like the darkness. They're, like the, they're amazing yes. because they're today, and they don't care what year it is. And it's not It's not they're doing – it's not a parody. No. And they're not even doing it ironically. Yeah. They're just doing it. And Eric Nally from, uh, from Foxy Shazam, like another guy, like, have you ever seen them live? Have you ever had, like, the treat? Oh. It's great. Just to see somebody perform like that and, and, and put on these costumes and, and, like, that kind of stuff. Even Liberace is, like, people who just go out there and they're not pushing buttons. They're just entertaining. They're doing what's comfortable to them. Right. And it's so far – it's them so far over the top. It's like, yes, we're just living in excess. Mm-hmm. Right. I think like when I was younger in, in high school, I uh, you know, the superlatives things. Sure. I was loudest, which <laughs> and it's a big thing of maybe I'm an attention whore or something. I like I confused funny with loud. So I was like, I'm going to get everybody to laugh, but, but without saying anything, they'll just right. be loud. And then maybe they'll they'll trick them into thinking I'm funny. Right. Right. And, I'm, not, I'm not creative enough yeah, yet. Yeah. I don't but have, I can be very loud. I haven't taken my beginner improv class yet. Right. I haven't how now brown cowed at all of of course of course zip zaps up and then they they i think that's just like as i grown up it's translated to i'll just do it with other things like materials uh my clothing my costume my right. movements my facial expressions right 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 and to, and and bring it all together yeah. and when... i'm making this all up on the spot it's bullshit i've got i've really got no knowledge of where this all came from uh i'm going to do another podcast right after this and tell a whole different origin. <laughs> <laughs> um when you, how do you get to ring of honor though with that character because ring of honor is not a character strong promotion like chikara is chikara mm-hmm. You expect to go and yeah, show and up. Dalton. I don't even do Dalton. Right, you do a whole different deal in Chikara. <laughs> yeah. But still, like to be an over the top performer in Chikara's to do Dalton in Ring of Honor is very, very. I don't know. If, I, I, you could say off brand for Ring of Honor, but it's not typical Ring of Honor. I think it. I don't know why. Did you pitch it to them, or did they come to you and say we want to do some like glam rock thing, and you're the guy for it? I begged. Yeah, I was already doing this on the Indies. Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it didn't happen overnight. Uh-huh. Like I think I had been in contact with Ring of Honor and trying to get a, a job there, or at least just my foot in the door. Yeah, I would. I would just travel all the time. Uh, Bobby Fish is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, we live near each other, so I would travel with him as he started getting his foot in the door there. And, and that, and now you're traveling in a different way because now you are traveling to shows with the mentality of trying to get booked on shows, whereas before. You were traveling to shows with your friends, not caring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now you're traveling with yeah, Bobby, so like, and you've come full circle where you're like, you are the guy who's trying to get booked on the show. Yeah, so now it's, I've like done the whole thing of I'm not going to – yeah. Yeah. What a weird life. Right, right. I think it's very, very interesting. Like so, I used to drive eight hours to do nothing, <laughs> yeah. and now I'm driving eight hours to do nothing again, but – Come home disappointed. Right. Oh, oh man. It used to be so easy. <laughs> right. I come home happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, this. And, and and what do you just convince Ring of Honor? Like, let me go out and let me just do it, or or what? I said, listen here. Yeah. I got a character on my hands that's gonna get you three T-shirts uh-huh. that are gonna sell like hotcakes. Uh-huh. No, like it. Like I don't even think they 
Got it. I don't think they cared or knew or even believed in it one bit. They liked me as a person. Yeah. Because I've been around them for a couple of years and I've I've made impressions and friendships there. And I had so many people just pushing to get me in, uh, like Bobby for one, Matt Taven, and all, all these guys who knew me already would say, hey, give this kid a shot. And they would throw me like a dark match, but I'm not doing – I wasn't doing the character. Right. So I bring the – I bring the new character to them, and they're like, eh. <laughs> really? And then they just took a, a shot in the dark. I think they just put me first round in the, uh, what's the tournament? The Top Prospect Tournament? Uh-huh. That's where I debuted on TV as what you see now. Now, where did the, the boys come from? Did you bring the boys, or were you like, I need some boys to do this right? And they were like, okay, we got a couple kids. The, the original, when you first debuted, and they're like, all right, we're just going to try this. You can do the character. Do you go, I need a couple boys with me? Those sweet little baby doll boys yeah. uh, were just there. Just like sent down from the wrestling gods uh-huh. uh, as a gift to me in Nashville, Tennessee. They were like, hey, look at these Jack twins. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, you'll do. <laughs> and they just – they killed it they're just amazing they took it so serious they uh they didn't care that they weren't wrestling they just wanted a spot on the show i was actually having a conversation about that thing with somebody before you came in about how like i was trying to explain wrestling to them and i was showing them your entrance and they were like oh i would never i would never like if, if i were like training to be a wrestler i would never be one of those boys you could never do anything again i'm like no 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 they no no no, no. Spot on the car. they've got exactly like if you see this character and this thing that, like, if you believe in it and, and, and these guys could see you, see what you're going to put into it and realize, like, wait, I don't have to wrestle. I don't have to take any bumps. And there is a very good chance that this character, especially because there are no other real character characters on the roster, this thing could skyrocket and I'm there. Like, I found my spot. I don't know if they thought that. I don't think I thought that either. Really? Like, because I would just, was going to cycle them out. Like, wherever I'm in, whatever town whatever I'm in. Whatever boys I can find. I was going to be the godfather. They were my hoes. Right, you know? right. We were, we were going to hold a contest <laughs> at every strip club. And, it, that, like, it just so happened that they were great. And, like, seeing it on TV, uh, me and the, the, the boss man at the, were talking at the time, like, oh, man, wish... Wish we were a giant company so we could just fly those kids out everywhere. Uh-huh. We didn't know they were going to work so well, and they did. And they've, like, they've got so much respect from the dudes in the locker room. Like, top guys look at them and just like, re- love them. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that they're still so into it, and they still do such a great job. And th- I don't tell them to do anything. Right. Everything you see them do, they do their own. Like, they've owned the characters that I created for them, and then they've turned it into something even more. Are you are you under Ring of Honor contract? Currently, yeah. So when you see, I've talked it's about the Sam Roberts wrestling podcast. Want to sign me? That's not what the question is. Is that what this is? is? No, All it's not right. A negotiation. So There's... it wasn't the show. Uh-uh. It was the podcast. It's neither, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's not that. That's not where I'm going. I get it. Right. I get it because I'm still under contract. We can't. I get. It. I get. It. No, it's not okay. that. But wink, wink. When we'll talk off air. When I, I wonder about the Ring of Honor contracts, and I talked to Adam Cole about it here on the podcast, and he was talking about some of the uh, good he's things. He's making so much money. <laughs> he gets the private jet. He does. They give him a new suit every day. That's why he likes the contracts. Mm-hmm. So he much. even yeah. has a three-piece suit he's allowed to swim in. Re- and it, but it's not a wetsuit. It's a suit suit. It's a suit suit. Wow. It's a suit suit. It's a suit suit. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, he's so handsome. He's such a good-looking dude. 
He's such a good-looking guy. Right? What a jerk. What a bag of dicks he is. <laughs> Who does he think he is walking around no, right. with all that good looks and talent? You're right. I mean, what's it, you're supposed to have one or the other. Right. Not both. He goes out there and he's awesome at wrestling and hand, ah, screw him. But he was talking about the benefits of being under contract because I was asking him if, you know, you ever feel the shortcoming of it in the sense that you don't get to go out and work as many places as you would have if you were just an indie guy. But I'm not under one of those contracts. Oh, you're not? Yeah, I'm not Adam Cole. Right. I'm lousy Dalton Castle who we're not sure if he's going to do well. Let's just throw him a bone. Oh, I I don't know about now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they feel about me now. But you're not under one of the exclusive you can only wrestle. I've got the exclusive. Not down with the exclusive. So I've been doing indies left and right. When we saw each other the other week, I was on my way to Connecticut to go do one. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Are you allowed to... Are you booking one at your your house? I'll come wrestle. Work a show my mm-hmm. in my apartment. Yeah, like against the dog. I can only afford one what wrestler. Kind of, but kind I of dog is it's it? It's a labradoodle. Oh, I'll put him over. You <laughs> thank you. That's what I'm asking for. Um, when you see the WWE getting ready to put on this uh, cruiserweight tournament mm-hmm. that they are pulling guys off the indies for, is that something you're looking at? I don't even know. Are are you? eligible for it would you do it is it something you want to do are you even thinking about it no i don't i don't think that far in advance either like if i start setting goals like that almost i'm doing is set myself up for disappointment right if i go "Ah, that's that's my spot right there right like you give yourself such a small target like Uh there's such a big world wrestling's so nice right now it's so good uh if i just continue to try to be the best i can be it'll pan as a peacock Uh uh-huh uh, eventually an opportunity is going to present itself and, and it's going to be the one that comes to me and I'm going to be like, perfect. Right, because I was also thinking about that in terms of the character. Like, as amazing as the character is, is it too sexual, overtly sexual? Why do I do that sexual? I mean, it does. It feels like you're having sex with the boys after the matches. That's what I take away from <laughs> what? a lot of Is that what you got out yeah, of that? That's, that's what I take away. This is appalling. Yeah, and, and can I tell you the truth? I've gone to shows where I watch Dalton Castle and he talks to the men in the audience and it makes me feel like he wants to have sex with the men. Would, how, are you, is that a bad thing? No, like, no, no, How no. do you feel when I talk to you, when I address you? Well, if you wanted to, I would yeah, say are you flattered? flattered by that. Okay. But that would be where it is a sexual thing to go out there and say, hey, all you male fans, <laughs> I want to have sex with you. First off, I've never, I've never gotten the ring, grabbed a mic and said, hey, male fans, <laughs> hey, all you would... beefy, greasy knuckled dudes. <laughs> that would be my promo. I go, I'd like to say to all the male fans, be prepared to have uh, sex done did to you. Did you just wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did. That was. My... I saw a clip of you throwing a choke slam. I did. I learned how to choke slam, and I learned how to throw someone over the top rope. It was a very poorly. You were timed dressed choke like slam. Nanny from Muppet Babies. <laughs> yeah, with the. That's the best one yet. With the leg, with the with the striped, the striped leggings. Socks, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Wait, what other what other people say you dressed as? Uh, the witch. Oh uh, yeah. From from Wizard of Oz. About to drop a house on you. Yeah, but Nanny from Muppet Babies. Is spot on. Spot on. Yeah. By far the best. But it, there is a, an element of sexuality to the character. I wouldn't call I the, disagree. Would you call the character? Strongly disagree. Would you say Dalton Castle is a character that is TVPG? Yeah. You would. Hey, what have I done wrong? Oh, the- I mean, I, again, like, it's like, you know, if I'm, if I'm with like an eight-year-old if your kid. your perverted mind <laughs> takes you down this road that I'm not guiding you, right. that's your problem. Right. You've got something... Something happened to you. It may be a me thing. Yeah. Maybe I've maybe I've met Dalton Castles in my life couple. that have done things to me. 
do you have any uncles that we'd like to discuss? It's a wrestling podcast, first and foremost. So that's, okay. we're not going to. We're not going to get to the there. bottom of your problems. No, I'm interviewing you. Dalton you just Castle. keep just keep burying it deeper. That's all. <laughs> just suppress it. That's it. You'll never be okay. That's it. But you don't. You don't. Uh, do you? Do you? Well, Don Castle. I don't. Despite what you think it is, uh, I am fluid. And and versatile, and I can adjust to any situation. Right. And I think uh, proof of what I do as the other character is is proof of that. Right. So, like, if you see something, if anybody's ever complained or said something wrong, I can change it. Right. Right. Not, if they're like, we want to take this, but we want to, and you're like, okay, we can adapt into this this direction. Yeah. There's things about my character that I believe big in, and like you said about the sexual things, like yes. that is one of like my biggest pet peeves or like thing that like it makes me laugh now because i've been doing it so long and i'm at a point where i can tell people no but like when i'm on the indies and i'm wrestling somebody new and to get their perception of what they think dalton castle is the character yeah it's so like it blows my mind sometimes like i get in the ring like hey then maybe uh you back me up and then maybe you touch my nipples or something you try to kiss me and i'm like what the what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) Have you ever watched me wrestle? Like, right. Have, has that ever happened? Right. No, I've never seen you try to kiss someone or rub their yeah. nipples. Yeah. Maybe, but, uh, maybe you like you go grab my stuff. Like, wait, all right. I don't know what your goal is in this match, but we're not doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, here, how about I dictate the Dalton Castle moves for this match? I, I, I just feel like where I see the sexuality is like standing in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. With, with. Two men who you refer to as your boys. Those are my boys. And they're muscular and they're wearing like peacock war skirts. Right. And they've got masks on. They're fanning you. And then. Because it's hot. Because it's hot. It's, it's a warm hot arena. In that ring. It does. Yes. It does. Have you ever been on those lights? You obviously now. Obviously, I have. Yeah. I choke slammed a man. And. 15 the, feet in the air. That's right. A ring broke just like. They're, they're stripping this jumpsuit off of you. They're taking your clothes taking off. Taking my warm up off. Right. They're, but they're taking off your clothes for you. And then. You're using them as human chairs as you kind of wrap your hand around one's neck. Mm-hmm. Like there is something to me that says there's I'm a – I'm petting s- them. I'm, I'm <laughs> reprimanding them and saying thank you. But isn't there – there's no sexual element to that. I keep it above the equator. Always with the hands. Okay, but that's like still heavy petting. It's heavy petting indeed. Like, okay, <laughs> that, it could fall right. under the category of heavy petting. So it's like middle school sex. No, 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 no. Because now you're, you're, you're just, there's no sex at all. None. 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 Other than saying, There's foreplay. Hey, hey, if that's what your brain thinks, that's what your brain thinks. I see. <laughs> I'm just saying thank you for being furniture. Right. That's all I'm saying. That's it. That's just how Dalton Castle thanks people. Thank you. He's a, so would you say Dalton Castle then is a, not necessarily a sexual guy, a physical guy. Oh, he yeah. likes to touch to say thanks. A lot of hands on. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. When I'm a, like, I'm mad that we're so far apart <laughs> right. in the studio. I want to just grab your hand and say, "Sam, I'm talking to you." Right? No, yeah, no, no. This is just a, yank you aside. It was intentional. And rub I my got, fingers through that beautiful head of Harriers. Biggest table I could find in the building. Man, yeah, uh, intentionally, intentionally. intentionally. So it's with, okay, we can still make eye contact. I've uh, you do some YouTubing of Dalton Castle. And you find? Oh, sure. Yeah, I do. About you, seventeen times a day. Very vain. Yeah, I would imagine. You find lots of Dalton Castle stuff, but then you find stuff that, like, of Dalton Castle. The actual castle? Interview. No. Yeah, yeah. I got that today. I was Googling to make sure I had all my stuff straight. And it was like, did you mean Dalton Castle wrestler? Because here's pictures of, of castles. It's like, yeah, I met the wrestler. Um, but you have a, a – have or had – do you still work in radio? Oh, no. Oh, man. I uh, – it is – 
a year almost to the day mm-hmm. that I got the, the got the caboots from you the got radio. Fired from radio. Yeah. So like I uh, I worked probably seven years in radio. What name did you go by? Uh, for the majority of it, it was Dalton Castle. Okay. Like then I started this name before I even started pro wrestling. I, it was my fake alias to hang out with all my wrestler fans who had fake names. Gotcha. And then uh, I started wrestling the same time. Was on radio. The same time I started radio, mm-hmm. I, I started wrestling. So and, you wanted a fake name on radio. Mm-hmm. So like first couple of years, I just used my real name because uh, I lived in my hometown. It was just easier. Yeah. And then uh, when I like as I was leaving, I for a year or two, I started switching to Dalton Castle, which that confuses listeners. Yeah. Not oh, that yeah. anybody really cares. Like nobody knows who the hell I am anyway. So just a <laughs> stupid voice who's playing stupid alt rock. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved to Albany, and uh, where we were talking about. And radio. Oh, uh, I, the the bosses just kept getting fired above me. Sure. Yeah. So like by the time like I'm on my tenth boss, mm-hmm. I go in. I go, hey, I got this. Re-. They say like say talk less on the radio. Stop making jokes. You're not a comedian. I'm like, okay. Like why? Because that that would that drives me crazy that the whole business is like that. Because you go, well, why am I? On the radio, like, why would you tell somebody who's there Put to Put a robot talk? in here. Exactly. Just play the music. Then. Here's my iPod. Plug it in. Right. Like, that's all you really want? Right. So I would try my best to be entertaining, and they just kept cutting my legs out, and I would just get so frustrated. Sure. And, and broken inside. Uh, the, like, they just kept taking my, my breaks and shortening them, shortening them to the point that it got to, like, 15 seconds in and out. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. And then I'm just sitting in the studio watching wrestling <laughs> while music's playing it was the easiest job in the world sure and i like but creatively i've just broken right so i i start getting steam in wrestling like ring of honors offer me a deal and i go to them and i say hey uh i am going to sign a contract with a wrestling company they're on tv i know you said don't talk about my wrestling on the on the radio right because you don't think that's interesting but I need to know if I take this deal, you're okay with me still working here because a few Fridays out of the month, I'm going to be gone. And you know what? You don't even have to pay me for those days. Sure. We can change my whole pay schedule. And they go, you should take that deal. You should you should 100% do that wrestling company. And I go, well, what about here? And they go, hey, man, we'll work it out. And, and that's then, it. And then like a week later. Goodbye. Yeah, that's get, so stupid, though. Like, why wouldn't... They want that little – for whatever it is, even if they don't have any faith in it, there's going to be some extra bump. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor is undeniably on television. It's for sure, for sure on TV. Yeah, and it's on in Albany. Right. So you'd think that they'd be sitting there going, okay, you know what? Even if, if, even if it's a small percentage, the fact that he's going to be wrestling under the same name that he's using on the air, mm-hmm. there is something that a, – a wrestling fans are obsessive. And before they – like before this boss got there, I used to – just talk about my wrestling, my 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 weekend or whatever. I would come home with some story. It's Always, funny. yeah. It's funny and it's interesting. Like, yes, I'm not I'm not Sludge who who all he did was go down to the titty bar for two hours on Friday night. Like I've got an actual life experience I can talk about. Right, but right. Not to them. They're like, hey, man, that's not rock and roll. Have you heard from any of them since then? Ah, uh, no, they can go fuck themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Um. They've just been cleaning house. Like, I didn't take it too personally. Right. I knew they were just looking to downsize, and they were like, well, we can't, we don't feel bad about firing him anymore. Right. Because right. he's got a job. Right. But, yeah. Right after I signed my deal with Ring of Honor, it was literally like I signed on a Friday. Monday, I come and got the email. They're like, come on down here at noon. We got to talk. So I was just like, <laughs> I'm taking all these files, delete. Yeah, done. Yeah. 
You've also, but you also ended up interviewing wrestlers. Oh, that was like the best days on the radio show. Yeah, because yeah. like you, you know, you people bands come in that you've never heard of, sure. and I like talking to them. And then the big name bands come in and like not that interested in it. Sure, because I I don't love. I don't know. I didn't. Maybe it's because I don't love that world. Right. But I love wrestling. So how did you end up on that radio station then? The alt radio station, alt rock radio station. Uh, it was just a like a job in entertainment. I yeah. was I was I went to school for broadcasting. Yeah, and I knew there wasn't a lot of TV jobs. Right. So I saw an opportunity in radio. In radio, yeah. yeah. And I was just hanging banners, and they were like, "Hey, you're funny talking to people. You want to be on the air?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess <laughs> that would yeah. work for me." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is fun." Right. Yeah. And then I just slowly worked my way up to afternoons. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Speaking of Sam Roberts, uh, used to be with the Opie and Anthony show. Correct. I. In Rochester, New York, uh-huh. my station uh-huh. was WZNE. We would play Opie and Anthony every afternoon. We we'd record it in the morning because Wheeze, and we yes. and we'd play it in the afternoon so they didn't compete. So you were working on Wheeze's channel, or you're saying no, no, Wheeze I, was on it? You didn't want to compete with no, no, no. Wheeze was on a different channel, right? Opie and Anthony was on our channel, and like we wouldn't play it live in the morning, so they weren't simultaneous with Wheeze. Now was that your guys' choice? I think that's Opie's. That's, that's uh, my guess. I would I would imagine it's Opie's. Yeah, because Weezes. Is... That was our probably only compromise the company had to get them. Yeah. So yeah. I loved. I, I listened every afternoon, and then I got the job there. So like, I would I would I was doing nights at the time, uh-huh. and then like they were in the afternoon. Right. And then when they got the boot, who was the first lucky dog to take the afternoon slot? So you took our spot. Dalton Castle. You took our spot on in Rochester. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. You, got, you guys, we got you the boot. I step in and just get murdered with phone calls. Just like, Where, yeah, where's Obi and Anthony? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm Dalton Castle. <laughs> so I get, it gets to the point where I'm just so annoyed because I'm, I'm just as upset as everybody else. Right, because you're a fan. Yeah, and now I'm taking the heat for it, so I just go... Oh, you didn't hear? They died. <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately get called into my boss's office, and I guess that wasn't okay to say. Right. Because yeah, they weren't dead. No, no, no. We were all still doing a show yeah. on Sirius. You, you're, you're alive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't we die. And, and I was and wrong. And you were, yeah, you were incorrect about that. Yeah, and got in trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you got in trouble. Yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't fire you. <laughs> I didn't do that. Oh, man. Well, uh, what's, on the, what's in the future for Dalton Castle? Do we well, uh, the Dalton Primetime Peacock Show here on Sirius XM. It's not happening, uh, Moving bro. on up. Yeah. I can't wait. Are you still a wrestling fan? Like, do you still watch... Love like wrestling, WWE and stuff like that. I watch all wrestling. You do, yeah. So you're gonna watch like you'll, like you'll watch the pay per views. You'll blah blah blah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's that's cool because sometimes you find that like you know guys get into the business and then they get jaded by the business and then you know they don't they're not fans anymore. No, well, I mean maybe I watch it from a different perspective, perspective now, sure. but yeah, I still will. I still love it. Like, yeah. And when it makes me, when I when it reminds me how much I love it, I, it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if I can, I, I get excited at Ring of Honor shows. Like, sure, have, you've been to. Have you, you don't know wrestling, this camera guy. He's, but no. But yeah, when as soon as that music starts, like pre-show, and yeah. like all the fans start banging on the boards yeah. and stuff, I get so amped up and excited. Yeah, and uh, not a sexual way, Sam. Oh, I thought I was. I was gonna say. You mean sexually, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so horned up. <laughs> do you think uh, – where do you think uh, Ring of Honor is right now? Do you think are – you, are you happy with the space that they're in? Do you think there's anything they need to do differently? 
I I don't concern like I want I constantly want it to be better. Yeah, sure. And I I can't control anything outside of what I do. So like we we keep like it looks like we're throwing a lot more money around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just did a couple TV tapings where like we brought a brand new set in. Like production wise, it looked really good. I saw I saw photos that it looked really good. Yeah, and it felt good to yeah. walk out there. It felt like you were part of something bigger and, and something growing. Uh, I just went to Japan for the first time ever. That was wow. amazing. We did. We got some that those episodes should be airing soon. I'm hiccuping. That's okay. You're nervous. I understand. I'm ner- <sighs> well, I mean, I feel like this is a job interview for my new radio show here. It's not going to Seri- happen. Like, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I, I, I applied know. a lot of times yeah. to SiriusXM. I feel like no. this. I ju- that's why I got the call because you finally found my. Uh, you know what the thing is? You put on your resume, and we did a background check. Dalton Castle is not a real person, so there is no <laughs> background check that didn't pan out. Me. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Only thing we found, then we, they just Googled it and yeah. saw a guy in, like, a peacock outfit with boys. And you know what they said? What? Too sexual. Too, se- too, too sexual. We don't like it. Who, I will burn this place. We don't like it. We don't yeah. like it. Well, that hurts. Well, uh, That's hurtful. But, Dalton, your, your wrestling career is prospering, and I think it will continue to prosper. But I feel like my radio career is just taking off. It's over, buddy. <sighs> it's a good thing the wrestling thing worked out because that job you got fired from in Albany, that was it. That was it. That, that was, was it whole... for radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was I, the end. Yeah, that was it. That All was done. End. But it... now you got your boys. Now you got your jumpsuits. Now you got your peacock feathers. You got everything. You get the whole world uh, on, a, on a silver platter for you. Oh, man. It's an amazing time to be Dalton Castle. It is. Uh, it's good. I'm happy. It's a good thing I got all these muscles, too. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have any of those. And uh, I spilled some charisma on the floor over here. <laughs> I hope that's okay. You can follow Dalton Castle on Twitter at the Dalton Castle. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. The Dalton Castle on Twitter. And is there anything else you want to promote? Yeah, man, I got the couple T-shirts on Ring of Honor rrohwrestling.com. Yes, and I got the the Pro Wrestling Tees store. There it is. And uh, I got a bunch of shirts up there. And I guess you know. If uh, if you're looking to have a guy, I I don't need to be on real radio. I can just come to your living room, uh, just Why talk. Why are you trying to, to get you. a job in radio, dude? Like I'm just trying to branch out. But radio, it's just me in radio. I'm the last one. You're the last survivor. I'm the yeah, last professional sh- broadcaster. <laughs> radio dies after I'm done. So don't like try to get into radio. Okay, all it, right. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I'm starting. Uh, what is it? A fun cast? That's right. <laughs> yeah, fun casting is how it started. <laughs> fun cast is the future of broadcast. That's uh, those are just conversations. Podcast without microphones. Right, right, right. Well, we should fun cast now that the podcasting is done. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Dalton. Thank Castle. you for having me. Man. It was a blast. Of course. Here is Sam Roberts. Big thanks to Dalton Castle. Now, Dalton Castle looks very pretty wearing not much. If you want to look just as pretty wearing not much, then you need to give MeUndies a try. Let me tell you about MeUndies. Whether you're wearing a suit or sweats, you spend almost 24 hours a day in your underwear. But instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. MeUndies is here to change that. When Dalton Castle removes his robe, well, his boys remove his robe for him, and you see the tights that are on under his jumpsuit, you're excited. You're enthused. You're inspired. That's what MeUndies can do for you. When you take those pants off at the end of the day, you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, I'm an icon. That's what I do every single day. Why? Because MeUndies is on my body. MeUndies. Somebody goes, hey, are those mine? And I go, no, they're MeUndies. 
Uh, uh, every pair of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced model, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. It really is nice. Nothing can describe the fit and feel of MeUndies. I try. It's difficult. Once you try them on, you're going to understand why they're called the world's most comfortable underwear. Let me tell you something. I've put them through the wash a couple times. Still nice. Uh, if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. MeUndies has dozens of styles and limited limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, uh, whether anyone can see them or not. Remember, Superman. Superman always feels like Superman. Why? Because of what he's got on under the suit. You know how confident you're going to feel walking around in some slick MeUndies? Do I sound like I'm not confident? Guess what I'm wearing under my pants. I know you've thought about it before. Now you know. And you can wear it, too. MeUndies, it's a subscription service in the mail. So you can get underwear shipped to you every month. And it's like a special surprise gift every time. You can get a discount on it, too. Listen to this. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. And you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. It's a good one. Get the subscription plan or a single pair for 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Sam. Look, they guarantee them. You might as well make it a big first order if you're going to get the 20% off. Uh, that's MeUndies.com slash Sam for 20% off your first order. Go to MeUndies.com slash Sam. People tweet me sometimes like, hey, what's your promo code? Sam. That's my name. Sam. Thanks to Dalton Castle for doing the podcast this week. He was a lot of fun to talk to. Very, very smart guy and a student of the game. This kid is a wrestling fan, and he's figured out a way. He comes to the – and he does something original. He's not like – there are people who grow up wrestling fans that become wrestlers, and you find that once they're in the ring, they're acting like wrestlers instead of being wrestlers. They're mimicking what they saw growing up. And as much as Dalton Castle is inspired – by the things that he saw uh, growing up. When you watch him, you get the feeling that he is being himself. He's being Dalton Castle. He is he is a, a wrestler for this generation and for generations to come. So thank you very much, buddy, for doing the podcast. Now I want to get into State of Wrestling. So much going on in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, I want to get into the fact that Ryback may be gone from the company. I want to get into what happened to Payback. Anything that has the word back in it. I want to get into Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. Whatever it is, I want to talk about it today on The State of Wrestling. Katie Linendahl is going to be helping me out with that. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Katie told me that she needed a little extra money in order to get here to do that. And I told her, I've got a great way that you can earn a little bit of extra cash. We all get to the point where we need to get there. Wait till you hear about this. You drive with Uber, okay? Uber's a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. So as a driver, it's going to help you make extra money driving your own car. I told her, you're a tech person, Katie. You're going to be able to handle this better than almost anybody. But it's super easy, okay? If you've never used a smartphone before, go grab one and see how you can pay for it Using Drive with Uber. It's totally flexible. You don't have to quit your day job to make more money because Uber 
lets you make your money on your schedule. I heard Ted Cruz just dropped out of the campaign because he wanted to drive with Uber. Little did he know he could have campaigned but put his Uber on when he's going stop to stop and made money on the side. Whenever you need to make extra money, just turn on the app and drive. A few hours here, a few hours there. It's all going to add up very fast. It's really easy to get started. First, you go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone. You might as well, right? What else are you doing? Second, answer a few basic questions about you and your car and then get approved. Don't let the car answer for itself. They tend to lie. Third, start driving. That's all there is to it. I tried to tell you it was easy. You need to always believe me. Start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. Sign up to Drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. And without uh, any more delay, we get in to this week's State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling. Katie Linendahl is here. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. I love that. It's just, adorable. Just keep it in the decibels. Yes, yes. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's been a big week in wrestling. Um... It's obvious to me that the majority of the audience loves Roman Reigns and hates Kevin Owens. Big time. Uh, Flex sample. <laughs> of course, we're just kidding. I actually really enjoyed having Aubrey on I last week. I like I like an argument. You know what I mean? I like I like a, a solid debate, especially when it's about wrestling. Absolutely, I'm up for a debate anytime. Yes. Yeah. And well, you were you were a key player in that debate. I think playing Candy Crush. Well, you knew to keep you you knew when to take your shots. You were a sniper. Right, you weren't. You didn't come in with a machine gun. You came in with an, with one rifle, and just ready to hit. That's right. That's how I operate. That's it. It's like silent but deadly. Like we didn't even know. Where, I wonder Maybe what that's Katie. Else. I wonder. What, <laughs> yeah, that's what I did in the studio right before you walked in. I wonder what. Uh, I wonder what what uh, Katie thinks of all this. I wonder what. Okay, uh, Katie, what are you on bath salts? Yeah. It's a fair question. I thought it was good, but let's talk about this week in wrestling. Yeah. TBH, I don't know how we're going to get it all in. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I like, we have so much to cover, yeah. I took off the rest of the day. I like that you realize that we have so much to cover that you have to use the abbreviation TBH because we simply Same don't have time. the time. Exactly. Well, I mean, is there someplace that you want to start? Uh, Refgate? I figured. Refgate has reared its ugly head once again. You know what? Talk about silent but deadly, which right. is going to be the theme. It's like silent but deadly, and then like <laughs> like Pee Wee Herman, something goes off. <laughs> Yay! Um, you know, it was it was calm. Yeah, it, it was it was it wasn't aggressive for several months. No, our letters to the company were actually we received letters back. Yeah, we hand wrote those. Yeah, of course we did. Charles Robinson was laying low. Let me tell you something. I saw Charles Robinson at WrestleMania. And I approached him in the hotel, and he's like, "Say, yeah, man, good to meet you face to face, Refgate, huh?" And like knew all about it. And I'm going to tell you this: I didn't realize at the time he was playing me for a fool. A fool. He was. He knew. He outfoxed you. Yes, he outfoxed me indeed. He knew all along. We were right. We were talking about Refgate a year ago. We were right, Katie. Mm-hmm. It was. It was the Raw after SummerSlam. Refgate 2.0. Yeah. The Chicago screw job. Yeah. 
Yeah. Little Nate. Did you see the spotlight that man has gotten? I did. I sometimes think I'm delusional. I think they're writing those bits just to piss us off. You know, it's very strange. I felt like, I mean, I guess we had the repercussion of Ric Flair now being banned from ringside, which I think probably has more to do with airports than pay-per-views. But <laughs> um, I, it was it was kind of strange that Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon have been so hands-on in the way they're running Monday Night Raw but no real repercussion for little Nate. No. <laughs> you would think that they'd go, okay, Charles, I understand you're saying that Natty said she quit. She mm-hmm. most certainly did not say that. Uh, you're definitely fired uh, because you are making all the referees look bad. Right. I mean, it, it could have went as far as they could have handed him a bag of loot, you know, just a bag of booty. Right. And he still wouldn't have been fired. I no. mean, it was blatant. No. You're right. Refgate has come to life. 2.0. I feel we may be very responsible for it. We were the ones that, that, that shine this light on Charles Robinson. I think it's really funny. You know, I, and I guess the, obviously these ideas get pitched. There must be, because we always hear, right, that like these WWE writers don't know about wrestling because they're TV writers. But obviously there are people back there pitching ideas that have done their history. Because other than hardcore wrestling fans, who would sit in a room and pitch a little Nate comeback. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who would sit there and be like, well, what if? We dug if... up this footage from WCW. Yeah. I mean, when you, you know when you're watching Raw and it's like, well, <laughs> if you're looking for an explanation as to what happened last night, look no further than Slamboree 2000. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got that immediately. I'm sure there are people listening that got that immediately, but you have to understand that we're in the minority. Katie, did you watch Slamboree 2000 or did you miss that one? I think I watched it. Yeah? You weren't a WCW person. I was not. Which is fine because a lot of people weren't, which would explain why a lot of people were probably very confused. And the idea that, oh, I guess because when 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 Charles Robinson was Little Nate, Big Nate kind of looked like Charles Robinson. They don't look anything alike anymore. Char- no. Ric Flair's aged 15, 20 years. That's correct. You know what I mean? So he doesn't look... Like like a bigger Charles Robinson anymore. His hair's all slicked back. He's doing the flare thing. But still, uh, you're right. Refgate back in a big, big way. And I did not watch Slamboree. No, I didn't think you did. No. I didn't think you did, and that's fine. Um, were you surprised that they banned Ric Flair from ringside? I kind of, I kind of, as much as Charlotte can handle it on her own, I'm disappointed by that. I really enjoyed Ric Flair being at ringside with Charlotte, and I think it cemented well, it's her. It was just a one-off, right? No, it sounded like... Permanent? That's the way I took it. Maybe I took it wrong. What a plot twist. I don't know about that, dude. I took it as Ric Flair is now banned from ringside. Did she say banned from ringside for Extreme Rules? That was my understanding. Because why would she ban... I guess it's possible. Extreme Rules is what? Two more Raws before then? hmm We'll find out next week, I guess. But I took it to mean that Ric Flair was banned-banned. Which I assumed was because... Of the of the airport thing, they're going to give Ric Flair a break from uh, being on the road. Wow, that's that's the way I took it, but I read into things sometimes. You know, I don't know. I hope he's not banned for life. I mean, you know, for whatever the foreseeable, because I think he adds a lot to Charlotte, and I think he I think he definitely cements her as a bad guy. Um, Charlotte can pull it off on her own for sure. I just think Ric Flair is icing on the cake, and uh, I generally don't eat cake that doesn't have icing. Eat cake by the ocean? No, I eat potatoes. Everybody oh, knows that. Right, right, right. Uh, I want to talk about uh, 
something that happened apart from the pay-per-view, apart from Raw. Big, big, big news. I'm going to guess. What? Briefly. Yeah. Was it the, and I have it in my notes here, the new trunks from Ryback that said pre-show stopper? There's a lot of Ryback news to get into. Because that's like saying world's best coffee shop, but putting like an asterisk and saying kind of. Yeah, I, well, I think... Showstopper, pre-show stopper. I think there was definitely some tongue-in-cheek there. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with Ryback. Okay, go on, though. But reals. it was the fact that Eric Young mm. debuted for NXT yep. at the NXT TV tapings. And not just for a one-off. Apparently, he got in the ring and they were setting something up between he and Samoa Joe in terms of a world title thing. A lot of people online were saying, you know, NXTNA. That was that, that was the call to action, that NXT is becoming NXTNA. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first, because for so long, NXT has been about building, right? It's been about creating and building. And yes, they've had success with people like Finn Balor and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and people like that. But, but it was about creating something. And even when they had success with... Finn Balor and Sami Zayn and stuff like that, they were taking established guys and reinventing them, right? Like, Finn Balor didn't exist before NXT. Prince Devitt did, but Finn Balor is a different entity. Sami Zayn didn't exist before NXT. El Generico did, but this is a different entity. Um, I guess Kevin Owens is pretty much the same, but they at least changed his name. So the more people have entered NXT using their names, the Samoa Joes, the Austin Arieses of the world, the more this has happened, the more I felt like, okay, is NXT losing its central identity? Is NXT uh, losing that thing that felt like we built it? And is it turning into something that's more of a super show for smart marks? Because that it kind of feels like the direction that it's going in. And at first, I was like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I want to see Eric. I like Eric Young. I think he's a huge contribute. He's going to contribute in a huge way. But I don't know if I like the fact that they're changing what NXT is. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that this move and moves like it are really, really good for wrestling in general. And you have to sometimes look beyond the promotion. So you have to look beyond NXT and say, what does it do for wrestling? Stay with me here. I feel like... People like Eric Young and Austin Aries and Samoa Joe and maybe Bobby Roode, we'll see how it goes. Even James Storm being successful in NXT shows to people in TNA that there is another place to go. For a long time in TNA, it was like you had the TNA stink on you. There was a stigma that went with TNA. And once you went down there, you weren't coming to WWE because WWE wants nothing to do with them. Uh, Things have obviously changed. And WWE seems to actually be getting off on this idea of taking guys that were not being used well in TNA or were not being used properly and turning them into bigger stars than they ever were in TNA and doing it very, very quickly. So what that's doing, I think, is showing the wrestlers of TNA that there are greener pastures to go to. And when you have a roster that knows that if they do really well, if they can get the fans behind them, even if TNA doesn't do the right thing by them, it will not go unnoticed and there is a place to go. 
that makes the whole product better because now you've got to put on compelling programming or you're going to end up losing your top stars. When, when there was a risk that WCW was going to overtake WWE, WWE started making better programming. So forever, TNA has been this organization where because WWE was so, so out there, WWE was so much bigger than them, they never really looked to take over WWE because they knew it was never going to happen. But now, NXT is a realistic brand that TNA should be bigger than. TNA's got national television. They've got a lot of stars. They've got 10-plus years of, of, of tape archive. Like, they are a promotion with a history, believe it or not. So there's no reason in my mind why an organization like TNA should not be bigger than NXT. NXT has proven themselves as actually being bigger than TNA because they're able to take people that come from TNA and make them into bigger stars. Now that this has become clear to you, to me, to the audiences in the arena, to the people that watch television, to TNA management, I would think that it will lead to TNA being better because they need to at least be better than NXT. And if it leads to TNA being better, then I would think as TNA's product starts to improve, WWE would take their Monday Night Raw, SmackDown main roster shows and say, well, if TNA's improving and it's actually becoming a viable place for fans to at least watch wrestling, then we need to make sure that we improve. So as NXT improves, it's going to influence TNA to improve, which is going to influence WWE to improve. I think that these guys showing up on NXT is very good for wrestling in general because of that. Because it's going to make everybody feel the need to be on their game. You've created something special in NXT, which is what you wanted to do with the brand split between Raw and SmackDown initially. You've created a separate roster, a separate organization. NXT is an entirely separate product. You've now got three wrestling brands. You've got NXT, you've got TNA, you've got WWE. Hopefully, now that things are getting interesting and talent is getting shifted around, it's going to influence everyone to be better, as competition always does. So that's where, that's where I land on people like Eric Young showing up in NXT. And it, I mean and, and the TV show is going to kick ass with somebody like that on. But in a bigger picture way, I think that it improves wrestling as a whole for guys like this to have a place to go. I think that was a very strong soliloquy. Thank you. Like slow clap worthy. Well, I was thinking about it a lot. Well executed. My well, question for you coming off of that yes. is are we now though in a period where what do brands like New Japan and TNA in this moment, mm-hmm. and what do athletes that are, I mean, it, it feels like a sucky option. What to go does? Over one, to go over one, it feels like all you want to be in. Is there a monopoly happening, though, at the current moment? I'm all for you. The competition always is good for everyone. Well, but it's. Are we in a weird state, though, at the moment? We to, There has been a monopoly, I think. Um, because NXT, uh, TNA has not been the greatest place in the world to go to for a long time. I think that stuff like this is what makes it so it's not a monopoly anymore. The idea that WWE and NXT is now taking talent from New Japan and TNA 
is actually making it less of a monopoly in my eyes because instead of, like, it being separated. But wouldn't it be sexier if to have the option to go to NXT as opposed to go to TNA at this current moment? Well, you do, theoretically. I mean, there you can there are you can go from a place like Ring of Honor to NXT instead of going to TNA. You know, like I'm assuming that Mike Bennett, for instance, great great talent. Him and Maria ended up going to TNA. It's a choice that they made. I'm sure that a deal could have been worked out to go to NXT, but NXT probably offers people like that less money. So it's a choice that people make. You know. I, I I would assume that that's a big part of, of, of the selection is that people like that are going to be making less money. Like somebody like Adam Cole, for instance, when his Ring of Honor contract expires, and I, I would think that regardless of what the money is, he would know that for him, NXT is a better place to be than TNA because he has the potential to be a giant star. But... The fact that TNA people, main eventers, are now showing up in NXT is at least reassuring in the sense that, okay, if WWE doesn't see the value that I see myself as having right now, let me take this deal from TNA. Let me go over there and show those people my value. Then WWE will see it. Mm. Because WWE is finally, for the first time really, seeing value in TNA performers. And... As much as, you know, I'm sure they and we probably weren't sure that a TNA performer would be able to make the transition, look at Samoa Joe, look at AJ Styles, look at guys that have come over and and realize that, that they can be made into stars and the wrestling fans know who they are. Specifically, though, if you are in New Japan at this moment mm-hmm. with so much talent pooled, mm-hmm. what's your thought process? How are you feeling about that? Well, it's interesting, that the, the New Japan thing, because... WWE, I think, I believe that NXT specifically is kind of attacking organizations that have exclusive contracts. Uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, TNA. Because, maybe a little bit Lucha Underground, but not as much. Mainly Ring of Honor, TNA, and New Japan. Um, and I think they're doing it through NXT, but they're also doing it through things like the Global Cruiserweight Series that they're starting, which is going to be amazing. And it, it, it's going to be it's going to be so much fun to watch, but the problem is that guys in TNA, Ring of Honor, and New Japan have contracts that forbid them, for the most part, from doing other things on television. Which means that WWE is starting to set up things where an indie talent can come in and work it, it's now saying okay well if i don't sign an exclusive contract with ring of honor or tna or new japan i won't have a wwe contract but at least my options will be open when something like the global cruiserweight series starts so i i, I think that that's happening um you know if you go back and you listen to the adam cole podcast from a few months back you'll hear adam cole talking about this and the choice is that if you work for new japan or a ring of honor you're going to work less, which is not a good thing in terms of developing talent, right? If you're young and you want to be a wrestler, the best thing you can do is wrestle as often as possible. Arn Anderson had a quote recently. He believes that the reason wrestlers get injured so much is because they don't wrestle every day. He thinks the idea that even in WWE, the fact that you only wrestle three or four times a week, probably, yeah, three or four times a week, 
leads to more injuries than guys like him that were wrestling seven days a week twice on Sunday because your body just develop it just becomes acclimated to it. I don't, you know, that seems like a lot. I don't know for sure uh, anything about that. But you definitely, especially at a young age, benefit more from wrestling more. The flip side to that is if you're wrestling for New Japan or Ring of Honor, you have guaranteed money. And in a lot of cases, you have benefits. Or at least the guaranteed money to pay for benefits. And that, in the world of wrestling, that goes a long way. So at some point, you have to figure out how old you are, you know, at what point. Like, I get why Adam Cole or somebody like that would do that. Because he's still young enough that he can get guaranteed money for a couple years. And then after his Ring of Honor contract, weigh out his options. Uh... And, you know, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because there are guys in New Japan and Ring of Honor and TNA that will never make it to WWE. And so at least they could have some time, right, uh, 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 making guaranteed money like you would in WWE. So the, it's definitely a, a double-edged sword, uh, and there's positive and negatives to look at it, I think. But, I mean, did that answer your question about New Japan? I think that's well put. Yeah, because I, I, I think... That's what you have to do. If you're a young guy right now, you're saying, and New Japan offers you something, you go, okay, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to try to get to the Performance Center and try to muscle it out there? It's where can you go to increase your value to the utmost potential because now we know the WWE is taking from everywhere, which I think is a good thing. And uh, I think it, it may allow people to really increase their value, which they should. Um, what did you think, Katie Linendahl, of Payback? I thought it was very solid. It was an awesome pay-per-view, right? Ah! It was a fun pay-per-view. And I will tell you this. I caught a little bit of heat for a tweet that I put out uh, after the main event. I said, the AJ Styles-Roman Reigns match, match was great. And both of those guys were incredible. I agree. And a lot of people came through and said AJ was carrying Roman Reigns through the match. Which I don't agree with at all. I mean, Roman Reigns... And we've said this before. There's a big difference. You can disagree with the way his character is being used on TV. But he's a very good wrestler. He's very good in the ring. And he is going to be a main event star regardless. I, I mean, just looking at the, at the uh, suicide dive over the top rope. The dude is what? 250? 6'3", 6'4"? And he's going from his feet, jumping, diving over the top rope. This is not a move most guys can do, regardless of size. And he was able to pull that off. He's able to pull off a whole match. It's not an accident that these things happen. Um, You know, it's like John Cena. Like, yes, if you put John Cena in a ring with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and people like, and Cesaro, he's going to have an awesome match. That's not because of his opponent. That's because John Cena is very, very good at wrestling. And when you put him in there with somebody else who's very, very good at wrestling, you're able to have a great match. But it's, a, it's, a, it's two people doing a dance. And that's what it was on Sunday night between Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. I mean, Roman Reigns showed up in a big way. Uh, and I, I, was, I was super into what I was watching. Were you super into the fact that he punched Styles in the mailbox? And does that make him a bad guy? He did it by mistake. It doesn't make him a bad guy because it was an accident. Uh, he just put his uh, fist up. He did not purposely uh, hit uh, AJ Styles in the dick. That was not on purpose. I saw it. I watched it. It was an accident. He did not purposely smash him in his uh, Roman Empire. He didn't mean to do it. 
It was an accident. It doesn't make him a bad guy. I'll tell you what, though. If I were Roman Reigns... It just makes him the guy. It doesn't make him a good guy. It doesn't make him a bad guy. It makes him the guy. Wouldn't you, though, if they, if, if right after that moment, a no disqualification yeah. is now... That that's what's go, what's happening. Right. I'd have just punched him in the mailbox again. Well, that's what that's why we know Roman is not a bad guy. That's what a bad guy would do, Lindahl. No, that's what a smart guy. Would do. <laughs> I'm not a bad guy. I'm not a good guy. I'm not the guy. I'm a smart guy. Yeah, I'm wise. I'm a smart guy. I'm like that little black kid. Mm-hmm. Smart guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, yes. I was so I was super impressed by that. I thought uh, the of course the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn match uh, was incredible. Um, Charlotte Natty was good. Honestly, I was bummed when they said Ric Flair was banned because at the end of Raw, I really wanted to watch a Natty Ric Flair match. You <laughs> can have my money right now if you will give me an intergender match between Ric Flair and Natty Nightheart. Oh, what a great thing it would be to watch. That's fantastic. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, yeah, I, I'd say top to bottom. It was a loaded card, and they did a great, great job. It was a great, great pay-per-view. Very scary moment with Enzo. Very. And you hate to see, even, even, it's a best-case scenario, which is just a concussion. You just, you always hate to see that happen to somebody uh, just as they're taking off. Uh, But it was super, super scary. I think that those moments, too, are just reminders of how extreme and seriously potentially dangerous yeah. the sport is. And anyone that says, wrestling's fake, you know what? You do a backflip off the top rope and land on seven people. Right. It's really irritating. Especially when it's something like and that. And imagine if you had a job where you had to rely on your body. Like, your body is done, you're done. Oh, yeah, no, I That's couldn't it. do it. I couldn't do it. You'd last maybe like 15 minutes. No, I needed specifically to have a, a job where if you could cut my head off and still keep it alive and just throw my body in the garbage, I could still do it. That is a job that's meant for me. I can't rely on my body for anything. I fall down sometimes walking to the train. Yes, it's just, it I've can't, seen it. It does nothing right. It's, it's, it's an awful, awful, awful contraption attached to my brilliant mind. But... How happy were you not to shine a positive light on the scenario, but that they did come back on Raw and the VOD villains did the whole pro wrestling thing of which you love. Which is... And they like kind of acknowledged it and like more of a tease. They made yeah. They were they, like he's not that he's not that tough. They were tacky about it. So you great. Loved it. You loved it. That's exactly what it, you should do. I actually very much enjoyed. I've been down on the VOD villains. I feel like the, yeah. I, I have two things to say about the VOD villains, and great. I don't want to get off course. Great. I thought they had a very strong showing. Up, I mean, obviously up until the, the tragic moment with Enzo happened, but I thought their entrance they nailed it. Yes. I think they look stronger. I yes. think they look stronger on Raw. I'm kind of on board. Yes. I think they need a manager. Really? Yeah. Like a little vaudevillain manager? Like the guy like that introduces them. Smiley? You think the, you yeah. think the guy with the uh, megaphone? Is that Matt Bloom? That's not Matt Bloom. That's, oh, uh, his that's, cousin? No, no, no. It's Smiley from the Performance Center. It's Ryan oh. Katz. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, I could see them uh, with a man. It's just a delicate thing because the vaudevillains are such a... I, I, it, what I like about the vaudevillains is what I said last week that they're going back to their roots, where you're having, what's his face, singing again. Simon Gotch? No, 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 no. Other dude. 
You're having him, and I'm having a brain fart. That's the only reason. <laughs> I don't want to having senior moments. Exactly. We're obviously we're big fans of both of them. Simon and Garfunkel. So wait, it would have to be <laughs> his name's not actually Garfunkel. I know, but it would give you a tip off as to what his name is. I'm gonna Google it. Yeah, it's not. It has nothing Stand to by. do with Garfunkel. But and I'll remember it in probably right before you read it after because... googling it. Um, but people are at home right now, just shouting at their phones or whatever they're listening to this on. Yeah, whatever. We're having snow moments. Shut <laughs> up. But the fact that he's singing again and being and they're both being real bad guys. And I think that's exactly what you should do. When you know the injury is not life threatening, he didn't get paralyzed, he's got a concussion. How about this? Sorry he will to be, cut you off. He will be back. I think you should be making light of the fact and taking credit for concussing this fan favorite. Simon Gotch's real name. Yeah. I know I'm gonna get to the other one. Yeah. But his real name is John Smith. That's brilliant. That is, I like that. <laughs> that is so good. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, the the initials are A and E. Yeah. Come on, dude. I don't remember. Aiden it's, English. Of course, it's Aiden English. I feel like such a turd. Um, but yeah, Aiden English going back to sing because Aiden English, if you remember, I don't even know if you were watching NXT then, but before Simon Gotch was in NXT, Aiden English was on was, Broadway. Yeah, he was just this obnoxious singer who came from Broadway. It wasn't Broadway. It was Broadway. Oh, that's, that's the way French? He's, yeah, Broadway. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the villains are doing a great job. And I thought that here's here's an improvement I would make, though. And I was noticing this at the pay-per-view, and I, don't, I noticed it at Raw, too. I think Big Cass has so much potential to be a breakout star because he's young, he's a good-looking guy, he can, he can wrestle, and he's a giant. You know, he's got everything you need to be a breakout star. I think when Big Cass is in the ring, though, he needs to be acting a little more like a giant. Like, do you forget sometimes when you're watching him that he's seven feet tall? You know what I mean? It's clearly stated. I understand that you can't teach that. But, like, the idea that when, when, whenever anybody else that's built is seven feet tall, like when Diesel was in the ring, Mm -hmm. every move that he made was centered around the fact that he's bigger than the guy he's wrestling. Whether it's a, everything's a big boot, he doesn't get knocked down as easily with punches, he stands up tall with his shoulders back, everything is about how big he is. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially since really, I think, I feel like watching the average superstar is shorter now than they were 10 years ago. You know, you're probably in the six one six two six three range instead of the six six. Six five range. That's interesting. I think so. Um, I think that that somebody like like Big Cass should be portrayed and should be portraying himself as a giant in every move that he makes. I don't think Big Cass should be able to do anything without us remembering that he's huge. Do you know what I mean? I think he's pretty solid, man. I like him. I think that's the missing piece, though. I think that's what's going to get, and that's what's going to get kids excited about it too. Is this idea that, oh, he's enormous. He's a freakishly tall man. You know? that I mean, that's been enough to take guys to the main event scene before. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen soon for Big Cass, but I think he'll, he'll get there. I just think it's a matter of, of how you portray yourself. Um, Can I, I give you a fact? Give me a fact. Not to stay on the whole Aiden English thing forever. But we you, should. You we know forgot when you go down the name. rabbit hole? Yeah, yeah. We'll, give, we'll give him another nod here. Yeah. Guess who he's married to? Is it Susan Sarandon? (laughs) What? No. Oh. The daughter 
of Susan <laughs> Sarandon. I knew it. I knew it was one of the Sarandons. Dude, he's he's in the in the Guerrero family. Vicky, he he dates or he just got married to Vicky and Eddie's daughter. Hey, that's a good little tidbit. That's there. a little tidbit. That's a little something. For and you we to read take. it on the internet, so it means it's real. It's definitely got to be true. We're all celebrating Tyler's victory on Raw. Tyler Breeze won a match. He did. I believe it was his first victory on television since January. So that's big. That's huge. Congrats to Prince Pretty. Let's send him an edible arrangement. That's right. Um, I am so excited about this fatal four-way situation we have for the Intercontinental title. I think the the focus... Here's a, there's Actually, there's a couple things going on with these titles. I think the focus on the Intercontinental title has been pitch perfect lately. I think the idea that you've got Cesaro, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and The Miz all fighting over this thing is amazing. I think that Kevin Owens, as much of a great bad guy as he is, and as entertaining as he always is, he'll never be able to be a true, true, true heel because we love him so much. So good. You know what I mean? Which is why you've got Kevin Steen, El Generico, and Claudio Castagnoli wrestling for the Intercontinental title. Who could possibly be a bigger heel to round out that four-way than The Miz? You've got (laughs) the three biggest internet darlings there ever were. And then the internet's least favorite wrestler of all time. He's the perfect heel for this foursome. You know, you've got all these guys coming in with all this Ring of Honor, internet, indie, international, NXT as well, credibility. And then you've got The Miz. With Maurice, who's just acting like he's a bigger star than any of them, and he's the little weasel that they can't get the title off of. I think it's being played perfectly. I love that. I love it. Well, you're such a misfit, though. Well, I think it's a perfect use of the Miz. It is, though. I will give you that. I love great bad guys. The Miz is a great bad guy, and I have to tell you, I have been on such a streak of Baron Corbin fandom ever since WrestleMania I mean, before WrestleMania, you know I was saying good things about him in NXT and what the way he was being used as a sort of, like, I don't even really want to be here. Like, I'm getting paid for this type of guy. He is amazing. I love him as a bad guy. Oh, no. Is this your new, like... I love Baron Corbin. Uh-oh. I think he's, I, I think he's perfect. Uh, I was disappointed that he lost to Dolph Ziggler, but I think it, it kind of makes him more of a bad guy, and I don't mind this feud continuing. Dolph, again... Great opponent choice in the sense that you can't get more of a a beloved good guy than Dolph Ziggler, really. I mean, he is that little engine that could. And Baron Corbin is the little engine that, you know, doesn't see why he would bother. You know what I mean? It's awesome. Like, Baron Corbin is the little engine that goes where he gets paid to go. And Dolph Ziggler is the little engine that could. Chugga, 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 chugga. Baron Corbin has the attitude that, like, everyone wishes they had. It's just like, I don't give an F. Right, right. Man! Right. And it works? Yes. Yes. Because everybody wishes they could not care because they're too good to care, but nobody's that good. None of you are that good. I'm not that good. Baron is. Baron Corbin is. And he's wow, pulling it off. what is this, like... He's pulling it off. He's pulling off being a great bad guy. He doesn't have any internet hype. He doesn't have indie cred. He doesn't have... He's not pretending to be a bad guy. He's never he's got not... paid in hot dogs. Right. Right. He is what he says he is. He's portraying himself properly. He is a hateable guy compared to the other guys in there. And I'm 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 super psyched about it. I love it. I this think it's like great. Is like your new Sasha Banks? 
well, I don't know if I have the exact same feelings for Baron Corbin that I did for Sasha Banks. I was, you know, uh, they were coming from two different parts of my body. But <laughs> I am a fan of Baron Corbin. Um, <laughs> um, let's, uh, before... <laughs> can I make one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course you can. This is a little tangential, but how much did you like the uh, McMahon saying that he would like both Stephanie and Shane to, quote, slit each other's throats and disembowel each other. I want to see you disembowel each other. And then, oh, what a great way to end that promo. So not TV family friendly. Great way to end the promo. So, figure it out. And then he leaves the ring. (laughs) I love Vince McMahon right now. And you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people have been saying that they're worried about Raw because there's too much McMahons on Raw. And I don't know what you guys are smoking. Yeah. But historically... Bath over, salts. Yes. Probably is bath salts because over the last 20 years, over the last two decades, nobody has been more consistently entertaining on television than the McMahons. Stephanie, amazing on TV. Shane, the number one good guy in the company now. And Vince has, like, so seldom had a bad segment. Even when he screws everything up, it's must-watch television. The McMahons could take up an hour and a half of the three-hour show, and I wouldn't think it was too much. There's no too much McMahons on Raw. And you're still—by the way, they're giving you a McMahon segment, and then they're giving you Claudio versus Steen versus Generico. I mean, they're giving you everything. So there's no, there's no the such thing. The Good Brothers. Yeah, the Good Brothers are there for life. Too sweet and everybody. There is no too much McMahons on Raw. There, there can't be too much McMahons on Raw. They could just have McMahons in every single segment, and I would be fine with it. You know where else Vince McMahon is performing incredibly well? Where? Camp WWE. Oh, yeah? Have you watched the show yet? Uh, to be honest, TBH, no. I will tell you this. Yeah. Off-brand for Katie Linendahl in a Uh-oh. big, big way. You know how uh, in the in there was there were rumors that uh, in, in the, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie, The Revenant, that a bear had sex with Leo. That's what they were saying. The bear attacked Leonardo DiCaprio, and some people were like, that bear was having sex with Leo. What? That's... I saw that movie. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember the bear attack? Yeah, he fell right on top of him after he destroyed him and disemboweled him. Well, the Drudge Report was saying that a bear rapes Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie. Let's just put it this way. That was debatable. In Camp WWE, Ric Flair absolutely has sex with a bear. First episode, oh. Ric Flair has sex with a bear and then a boulder. And then a tire swing. Oh. <laughs> Has sex with all of them. I'm going to pass on Camp WWE. I mean, every curse word you can imagine is in it. It's great. It's great. Vince McMahon is cursing up a blue streak. What? It's amazing. It's so good. And and they do it so well because they manage to maintain the integrity of the show, as silly as it sounds. Um, because uh, they do it in such a way, like, there's so many inside references that wrestling fans get but there is still a show you're watching. You still exist in this world of Camp WWE. Like, little kid John Cena has to carry Vince McMahon back to the camp, right? And he's carrying him on his back because his legs don't work. And then he puts Vince down. And, and the kids are not—the wrestlers are not voicing themselves because they're kids. But Ric Flair and Vince McMahon are doing their own voices. So it's, it's, it's Vince McMahon doing it. And uh, 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 he goes— uh, uh, he puts Vince down, and he goes, uh, and Vince starts walking. And little kid John Cena goes, oh, Vince, you can walk. And then Vince, Vince, in Vince's voice, goes, oh, yeah, leg thing was a work. And he just keeps going. And I'm like, did Vince just say it was a work on TV? 
It's it's really good. It's a really really fun show. The other thing, I'm just getting an update here on what's going on on the network because I was gonna say they did a great. This is an interesting thing. Okay, well, the, real quick, I watched the China. They did a playlist for China on the network, which surprised me. I love how WWE is embracing the wrestling career of China because I think that's really where we should be focusing on, as I said last week, and WWE is reminding us to focus on that. There's a playlist with some of China's best moments on the network now, and I watched it. And I didn't think – I was getting, like, emotional watching it because I was like, China really was, like, a -a once-in-a-lifetime performer. She was incredible just for who she was. She wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but she she was incredible, and I recommend the playlist just so you can be reminded of all that she did. It really was – it's special. Um but I'm just getting an update here. From your tech researcher. Yes, from my tech researcher. Um, also my hype girl. Yes. Uh, number one in my book, Shane McMahon is going to be doing a tell-all podcast on Monday, May 23rd, which is in a few weeks, immediately following Raw. And this is very interesting. Hosted by Mick Foley. What's going on with old Steve-O? What's going on with Stone Cold that he wouldn't be hosting that? Oh, I mean, I was wondering where you were going with that. I would think I'm very excited to see that, and I think you know Mick Foley loves wrestling so much that he's going to do a great job with it. I'm 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 anxious because Mick Foley is just he still watches every week. He's still I mean, it's sort of Stone Cold you hear it in his podcast, but I I love hearing Mick Foley talk about wrestling. So I think that, I mean that's a it's a great choice. It's just weird. To not have, I'm glad it was Mick Foley if it wasn't going to be Stone Cold, um, but I would love to know why Stone Cold's not hosting that. Yeah, that's interesting. I know that there was some kind of, I believe, I shouldn't say I know because I never talked to Stone Cold about it, but I believe there were some kind of contractual disputes when Jericho was. Remember Jericho hosted those two podcasts mm-hmm. with I think Stephanie and John Cena. Mm-hmm. Th- those were Stone Cold was figuring out some contractual things. But to my knowledge, I mean, he did a couple he did a couple spots at WrestleMania. I think that Stone Cold's on good terms with WWE. Um, it's very interesting. I want you know it may be that they just gave this one to Mick because they want to build Mick up before right. Holy Foley comes out, um, which is interesting. I'm anxious to see it. A Shane McMahon interview done by Mick Foley, and it says it's a tell-all podcast. Um, that's gonna be great. That's going to be great. That's an interview I'd love to see. Like, that's one. I would love to get Shane McMahon in here. I would just ask him, you know, what he does with his shoes after he's done wearing them. I think he lives like a block away from me. Is he a 10? So I heard. Can you find out if he's a 10 and a we half? just stalk him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find out what shoe size he is, first and foremost. Because if he's a 10 and a half, I need you to find out what apartment he lives in and if there's a fire escape connected to it. Okay? I need Damn, Shane O'Mac with the new kids <laughs> exactly. every week. <laughs> Look. Every week. Let me tell you. First of all, I'm worried that the Shane McMahon storyline is going to end soon because he's running out of ones. Like, there's not that many more ones <laughs> you could wear. But he had custom ones at WrestleMania. You taught me this. Those were 30s, though. Those weren't ones. Oh. Yes. Those were those were Jordan 30s. I mean, how many more does he have to go? Katie, let me tell you something. Teach me something. He was wearing... The shoes that he was wearing at the pay-per-view, those were the Jordan 1 bands. B-A-N-N-E-D-S, bands. Okay. Those shoes, they're re-releasing them in September, which is going to be a huge high. I mean, I'm already trying to make connections at my shoe store just to be able to buy them on time. To stride right? Yeah. Yeah. No, of course not stride right. (laughs) 
But, <laughs> but, so they're getting re-released in September. But right now, do you know how much bands cost in a store? I do not. $2,200. Oh, my god! I literally saw them over the weekend for $2,200. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's right. I saw them for $2,200. You buy those in Bitcoin? <sighs> Wait, but they're not even out, you said. Well, they, they get re-released. I mean, the Jordan 1s, right, they came out in 84. So they're like the the those are re-releases. They originally came out in 1985. They've come out. They came out in 2013. Wow. And now they're getting re-released. But um, before we go, so yeah, I want to say this: Ryback. Ryback may we may have seen the last of him possibly. Why? I, you teach me something else. So the pre-show stopper. Ryback, I believe, was taking liberties with WWE at the pay-per-view. I was. Figured he'd be fired after the show. I think the pre-show stopper. So he did an interview where he said he was not happy with his WrestleMania spot. He literally said in an interview, no, I didn't think my match should be on the pre-show. I was not happy with it. Which is pretty bold. Which I believe is why the WWE was like, hey, guess what? Pre-show for payback. It's a rematch from WrestleMania. Guess what, Ryback? You get to work the pre-show again in the exact same match. Keep complaining. I believe it was a punishment, in my own personal opinion. Which is why he came out with the pre-show stopper weight belt. But I don't know if you noticed this. He did the CM Punk entrance. He hit the ground. He did the what time is it. Like he did the Punk entrance. Which no way did that get approved. I don't care if you're pretending you're doing it for heel heat or not. He did that to be kind of an ass. And uh, so obviously he's not happy with where he's at. So he comes back and he posts this whole blog now. Where apparently he is not able to work out a contract with WWE. He was sent home from TV this week on Raw. He was supposed to be in the Battle Royal for the U.S. title, which I thought they used Zack Ryder perfectly in that Battle Royal. I love the new I Think I Can Zack Ryder. It's great right now. Um, He was sent home from TV because they said, you know what, until we can figure out what we're doing with your deal, why don't you just go home? And he got sent home. Ryback posted a whole blog where he said he may get released for this. But he basically said what he's negotiating is the idea that uh, in wrestling, even though the results are predetermined, winners, people who win matches, get paid more money. And he said that's not right because the people who are losing matches are doing just as much. That was good. Are doing just as much to uh, make the winners look good. And that losers should be paid just as much as winners because we're doing what you want us to do and we're doing it well. You know, I would say that the reason you would object to that would be that if you're theoretically if you're super over right they're going to have you win matches which means you're going to make more money not because you're winning matches because you're super over I guess the argument to that would be yeah but what about if you're super over and they just won't do it and it's like well I guess that's their prerogative I don't think this is the first time this debate has come up behind the scenes but Ryback yeah so he's off TV he went home he may be done and you know I think he could be a star in TNA I think he could be he could do well in New Japan but I also think that it's one of those things where, I mean, look at Zack Ryder. I think sometimes in life, even if you don't like 100% where you are, you got to tough it out. Got to play the game, man. You have to tough gotta it read out. read the secret. The people who succeed are the survivors. Long term are the survivors. And you got you to gotta eat shit sometimes. But you got to survive. Like, you got to keep pushing. And if you're going to be a pro wrestler... If you're in WWE, you don't really want to be elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can make the best of it if you have to be elsewhere. 
but you don't really want to be. You, honestly, you're better off doing what Zack Ryder did, sitting in catering for years. I'm talking years, sitting in catering, maybe having a match on Superstars, and then eventually you will get that one moment at WrestleMania. You'll get something. That's the life of a wrestler. But I also feel, too, that, uh, that Ryback was having some good ups and downs. He was having some strong moments. He was. And, and, and yeah, I don't think that they were done with him. I no. Think, I think some, sometimes, though— And I actually—I actually must have been eating, spaced yeah. out. I missed that entrance, but— it was on why, the pre-show. Why overshadow—no, I watched that. That's oh. why I, I was obsessed with the fact that he put pre-show stopper on his yeah. trunks. But why overshadow such a—I thought it was a good match. Right. Why overshadow that with a, with a poor choice that yeah. you know isn't yeah. going to go well? Yeah. That's a bad business move. Just go out. And work your balls off. And then he'll probably say, well, I was doing that for years. Okay, we'll keep going. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the secret is when you go, okay, I've worked as hard as I can work at this and I'm not getting where I want to go. The secret is to do it for longer. But I, I, I would argue that he was doing great. Right. Yeah, it's not even like he was in that bad of a spot, right? No. Right, right. He's been in worse spots in the company than he was now. I think this is the highest he's been. I wouldn't say it's the highest, but it's certainly a lot higher than he was. Yeah. You know, you know, because he wasn't main event. He has worked main events. I mean, does he want to be with Curtis Axel again? <laughs> That's we can make true. that happen. That's true. And yeah, when he was working at main events. Rye Baxel. It was a very weird. I forgot about Rye Baxel. I mean, come on, dude. It can get a lot worse. Yeah. That's that's the moral of the story. It can get a lot worse. Well, it can also get a lot better for you. And you know how it can get better for you? Do tell. If you listen to Katie.show. Oh, I didn't that's, even know this is a me plug. Oh, yeah. That's Katie Linendahl's Tech Lifestyles podcast, Katie.show, which you can get at www.katie.show or on iTunes by just searching Katie.show. It's great. We got astronauts. We got yeah. CEOs. This yeah. week we have one of the world's top scientists who believes that mathematics a scientist. have <laughs> broken the code to solve the universe. See, I was too worked up on you saying scientist instead of scientist to Did I? realize that, it's like, French. You've, <laughs> you've figured out the universe with math. Yeah, this guy has. I mean, that's kind of impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. I mean, maybe Ryback could take a little tip from him. You're still working on basic shapes and colors, as I like to say. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, so, thank you for joining us, Katie. It's always a pl- Did we get to everything you wanted to get to? We sure did. Okay, good. And before we leave you, we all have uh, times when we need a little bit of extra money. Everybody knows this by now. Well, you can drive with Uber and make extra money on your own time. It's a great idea. It's a smartphone app that connects riders with drivers. As the driver, it's going to help you make extra money. You're driving your own car. It's what you do anyway. Totally flexible. You don't have to quit your day job. It's extra cash that you don't already have. Uh, 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 you do it on your own schedule whenever you want. It's going to add up very fast. Just turn the app on and drive. Very easy to get started. Go to drivewithuber.com to sign up for free. You can do it right now on your phone, as long as you're not driving at the moment. Then answer a few basic questions about you and your car. After that, you're going to get approved, most likely. You listen to this show. You're a good person. Third, Start driving. That's all there is to it. It's very, very simple. I don't know why you're not doing it already. You can start enjoying the flexibility of working when you want and earning extra money on your schedule. That's right. Sign up with Drive to Drive with Uber today. Go to drivewithuber.com. That's drivewithuber.com. Drive with U-B-E-R.com. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you uh, next week here on the podcast. Chasky. Bye.
Thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.